Welcome to the Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now, your host, Rick Hughes. Good morning, and welcome back to the Flatline. I'm your host, Rick Hughes, and for the next 30 minutes, one more time, I'm inviting you to please stay with me. This will be 30 minutes of motivation, some inspiration, a little bit of education, and as you know, no manipulation. We have no hidden agendas. We're not trying to sell you anything. This is not an infomercial. This is a show that simply gives you information based on the Bible, what the Bible says. Hopefully that information will help you verify and identify God's plan for your life. If you're able to do that and you want to orient and adjust to the plan, that's your business. But my job is to give you divine viewpoint thinking, not some sort of human speculation, but some divine viewpoint thinking from the Bible. If you've ever listened to the show, you know that we do a continuating series. We don't jump around from week to week. And we've just finished at least 10 different weeks of uh, reviewing the 10 problem-solving devices. You know the name of the show is The Flot Line, and Flot is a military acronym for the forward line of troops. And what we're doing in this show is using the analogy of learning 10 unique problem-solving devices and letting them act as a forward line of troops on the outpost of your soul to stop the outside source of adversity before it ever becomes the inside source of stress. Remember, adversity is inevitable and stress is optional because adversity is what circumstances do to you and stress is what you do to yourself. When I say on the outpost of your soul, remember that there are three parts to you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a body which will perish. You have a soul which will never perish. And you have a human spirit, which is your relationship with God, because he is a spirit. And the Bible says, if we worship him, we must worship him in spirit and truth. See, this is what the unbeliever, the disadvantaged one, does not have. He does not have a human spirit. He's born spiritually dead because he's related to Adam. And the Bible says that anyone is related to Adam, this, if for by one man sin came into the world and death by sin... And now death has passed on all, for all have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. Death passed on all is spiritual death. Spiritual death. We are all born spiritually dead. And thus, when Jesus, our Lord and Savior, spoke to Nicodemus, the learned Pharisee in John chapter 3, who approached him at night, he shocked him by telling him that you're not going to go to heaven based on your racial identification. And you're not going to go to heaven based on your mosaic deeds. You can only go to heaven if you're born again. This shocked Nicodemus to the core. He did not understand born again. And our Lord explained as the wind and the birth and things. You see, Nicodemus thought he had to go back into his mother's womb and be born. What we're talking about is a spiritual birth. You won't feel it. You won't be able to tell it, but God will know it. You see, the Bible says if any man's in Christ, he's a new racial species. Old things are passed away and all things become new. That's what happens when you believe in Jesus Christ. Now, you're the same person. When I believed in Christ and accepted him as my Savior, I still weighed the same thing afterwards as I did before. I still look the same. But inside, there was a difference. 
I was born again, spiritually speaking. I still had the same body. I still had the same soul with the opportunity to change some of that. But I had for the first time a human spirit and able to have fellowship with God. Now, in my soul, I had mentality and volition and emotion and conscience and uh, self-consciousness. And in my soul, in the mentality of my soul, I had the ability to learn some things, to learn things so that I could renovate my thinking. The reason I did this is the Bible says very clearly, stop thinking in terms of arrogance beyond what you should, Romans 12, 3. But think in terms of sanity as God has assigned to each one of us a standard of thinking from his word. In Philippians 2, 5, Paul wrote that we should acquire the mind of Christ, that we should think like he thought. And he said the first trait, the first characteristic of how Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, thought was humility. Humility is a genuine trait. And, you know, the only way you can learn anything is to have some humility. See, humility responds. Arrogance doesn't. Arrogance always reacts, but humility responds. Humility, if you ask a school teacher, they will tell you this. Humility is, in fact, teachability. If you have a student that has some humility, they can learn. If they can orient to authority, they can learn. This is why sports are a good thing, because if you have a good coach, then the athlete can adapt to that authority, and it carries over into the classroom. He learns authority orientation on the football field or the baseball field or wherever, whatever arena that he may be in, basketball, football, baseball, track, soccer, whatever. But he learns authority orientation. Without that, there's no humility. The Bible is full of information about that. So as we take a study today, I want to embark on something totally different. I want to take a little journey with you. We've just done, as I said, these 10 weeks that we've went back and restudied these 10 unique problem-solving devices, and they're always available for you. These these messages can be provided for, for you on an MP3 disc. They may play in your automobile. They may play in, I know they'll play in your computer, or you can play them on an MP3 player. They don't do single disc much anymore. A single disc... If we did these shows on a single disc, I could give you one show per disc. But by doing them on an MP3, I can do 20 shows on one disc. So you see, it saves a lot of money being able to compress the shows into an MP3 file. We can provide them for you free of charge. All you have to do is contact us. We never sell anything. We never ask for any money. And uh, I've always believed if God's in it, God will pay for it. So it's up to you. Now, today we want to... Talk about your toe. Your what? Your toe. T-O-E. Do you have a toe? I think you probably have two of them, don't you? I know that I have a couple of toes, but a couple of big toes at least. If I'm going to talk about your toe, I have to confess something. I am a people watcher. I bet I bet you are too, aren't you, huh? I'm a people watcher, so when I'm in the mall or I'm at the bookstore or any public venue, I'm always fascinated by people, what they look like, and watching them ramble around, and I can just sit there and watch them sometimes. 
But in regards to footwear, it's interesting that some wear sandals and some wear tennis shoes. Some wear dress shoes, but regardless of what they're wearing on their feet, underneath it are their toes. Some toes are big and some toes are little. Some toes are fat and some toes are skinny and some toes are in need of repair. That's why you have pedicures. And some toes, well, they're just plain gross. But in case you're wondering where I'm going with all of this, well, I'm not a podiatrist. That's not me. I'm not going to become a podiatrist, but I do want to announce to you that we're going to do a little study on your toe. Now, before you start pulling off your shoes and socks and start wondering what your toes have to do with your spiritual life, relax. Toe, T-O-E, is simply an acronym for Time on Earth. Time on Earth, T-O-E, your toe. It's ironic that toes are like people. Some are short, some are long, some just plain weird. I don't know which one you are, but uh, I haven't met too many weird people lately, maybe a few. But uh, my pastor that I study under, he started a concept of studying the life of Christ. We are 250 hours into a study on the life of Christ, and it dawned on me that his time on earth or his life is what we're studying. And so I wanted to bring this to you on the radio station, not his message, but some of the information that I have thought about as I go across this and uh, as I've learned what our time on earth consists of. First of all, your time and my time on earth is divided into two phases. The first phase is your physical life. And the second phase would be your spiritual life. You see, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a double identity. You do. And thank goodness you don't need two passports for this or two driver's licenses for this, but you have a double identity. Your first birthday is called B1. That's your entrance into this world, into this arena of contention. You didn't have anything to do with it. You just showed up one day and your pop said, it's a boy. Have a cigar. And B2 is your second. B2 is your spiritual birthday. That's the day that you're born again. That's the day that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, without B2, without you having a second birthday, then your life can be very short and very wasted. There's a poet named C.T. Studd, and he said it best in his poem that he wrote named Only One Life Twill Soon Be Passed. Here's what he said in that poem. Only one life twill soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. You know, I cannot emphasize enough the frustration and the desperation of your time on earth without Jesus Christ. It's a time of no direction. It's a time of no confidence. It's a time of no hope and no resources. A time of vicious circle of conflict and pain until your emotions are overloaded and you seek any solution to end that misery. An American poet and author in the 1800s named Thoreau said this, Many people go fishing all of their life without knowing that it's not really the fish they're after. An unknown author said much of our activity is nothing but a narcotic to deaden the pain of the empty life. 
Without B2, life is empty. Because B1, man born of woman, Job says, is a few days and full of trouble. And you know as well as me that trouble follows us everywhere we go, and mostly because of our own goofy decisions. Bad decisions limit future options. If you make enough bad decisions, then you don't have any options left. To the unregenerate man, the disadvantaged person who has not experienced the second birth, the scriptures have these words to say. In James 4.14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. The word vapor used in the New Testament is an interesting word. You know, the New Testament was written in a Koine Greek dialect, not English. We translated it into English, out of the Latin, but originally into Koine Greek dialect. The word vapor in the Koine Greek is atmes, atmes, A-T-M-I-S. And it's the word for smoke. And obviously it's used figuratively of human life. Your life is just smoke that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Have you seen one of those vapor trails late in the afternoon as a jet plummets across the universe and you've looked up and seen that vapor trail and then it's gone? That's what our lives are like. But here's the bad thing. It is a disaster to think that your life could be all smoke and mirrors. Because James says, if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. For he beholds himself and goes his way and immediately forgets what manner of person he is. Smoke and mirrors. The unbeliever often finds himself hiding behind human success, achievements, for fear that someone may actually see the loneliness that stalks him. He may have a great family, great bank account, but inside there's often the fear of failure and no confidence in the achievement. And when alone in his loneliness, he often overcomes these things. Deep, dark loneliness gets on him, creeps up on him like a hole, and he has no way to escape. And thus he lives behind smoke and mirrors, to hide his fears and his frustrations. He may put on a good show, almost like some celebrity being interviewed on one of the late-night talk shows. They, They look great. They sound great. Their life is smoke and mirrors. It's not what you think it is. I want you to look in the mirror today, and I want you to remember that the eyes that stare back at you will soon be empty. Because your soul will have left your body by means of physical death. Every believer who fails to recognize the nudging of the Holy Spirit falls into the same category. This category of convenient forgetfulness. Living a life of smoke and mirrors. It's called a game of self-deception. It's arrogance and leads to self-absorption. The question that I want to ask you on my radio show today is how much longer are you going to play your game? How much longer 
are you going to live behind the smoke and mirrors? Psalm 90 verse 10 says this, The days of our years are three score and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it's soon cut off and we fly away. In a Bible called God's Word Translation, this verse can be broken down to sound like this. Each of us lives for 70 or even 80 years. And if we are in good health, but the best of them bring trouble and misery, and indeed... They are soon gone, and we fly away. Birth to the spiritual birth. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know, in that first birth, you didn't have anything to do with it. You just showed up at the hospital, and there you were. And it's clear from Scripture that man and woman can create biological life. But only God can create the soul. In Genesis 2, 7, the Bible says God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils a breath of life. And only then did man become a living soul. Excuse me. In Job 12, 10, in his hands is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. And again in Zechariah 12.1, the Lord is the one who stretches out the heavens and who lays the foundations of the earth and the warm one who forms the soul of man within him. Here's an interesting phenomena. Our bodies may age and die, but our souls will live forever. And our Lord addressed this. He made it clear when he said, In John 14, don't let your hearts be troubled. Your heart is your soul, you know. We're not talking about the thing that pumps blood. We're talking about the inside, the heart. You believe in God, and I believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to leave and to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again. And receive you to myself in order that where I am, you may be also. You know, I've never really met my father, and I don't even know if he's alive or dead. I assume he's probably dead by now. I used to hope I could meet him. I I used to hope he would be proud of my life and my accomplishments and sports and athletics and now in the ministry. All of us want to make our daddies proud, don't we? Can you imagine standing before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ and hearing him say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Did you know there is a judgment seat of Christ for all believers? It's taught in the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is not where unbelievers are. That's called the great white throne of judgment. This is where believers are judged. Here's what it says, 1 Corinthians 3.11 through verse 15. No one can lay any foundation other than the one which has been laid, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, even straw, the work of each builder will become visible for the day will disclose it. 
It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each man has done. And if what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a reward. If the work is burned up, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. Let me explain that. The foundation is faith alone in Christ alone. The wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, precious stones, these are good works, are production for the Lord. Remember that a right thing must be done in a right way. It's possible that you've done a lot of right things in the wrong way. And that would be the category of wood, hay, and stubble. But when you do a right thing in the right way, then that's the category of gold, silver, and precious stones. What is the difference between the two? Answer, whether you did it under the filling of the Holy Spirit or whether you did it in the energy of the flesh. Because you can do good things in the energy of the flesh. You can tithe to your church, contribute to your missionaries, sing in the choir, teach Sunday school, pray publicly, all in the energy of the flesh. What would that be? Well, that would be you walking out of fellowship with God, with sin unconfessed in your life, doing all the right things in all the wrong way. Remember the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So here you are trying to pray and you haven't dealt with your sin. Whether it's a mental attitude sin or a sin of the tongue or even an overt outward sin, the Bible says if we'll confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us even from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 9. To try to live the Christian life apart from the filling of the Holy Spirit is a waste of your time. And yet that's exactly what sin does. It quenches the Holy Spirit. It grieves the Holy Spirit. You didn't lose your salvation. You haven't been knocked out of the royal family of God, but you've lost your ability to produce gold, silver, and precious stones. So you have sin in your life, and you haven't dealt with it. You haven't admitted it to God. You haven't named it to the Lord. And yet you are doing things that you think are glorifying God, and they're not. They're wood, hay, and stubble. Let me ask you a simple question. You want to show up at this event and be embarrassed, be ashamed, because you rejected the mandates of Scripture and ignored the opportunity even to have an impact in this angelic conflict? You and I only have so much time to get the job done, then it's over. Our toe, our time on earth, is very short indeed. So each day, if you're like me, each day seems to go by faster than the last, and each year streams passed into memories and My time on earth and your time on earth, the departure is approaching rapidly. Know what I mean? So, at the judgment seat of Christ, we don't want to wind up there ashamed. We don't want to wind up there having all of our production burned up. This is not your sin. Your sin has been paid for. Your sin will never be brought up. This is your production. And you're going to walk into heaven minus rewards. You're not going to have anything to lay at our Lord's feet because you did all the right things in all the wrong ways. 
You never even learned how to function in the Christian life. You never learned what it meant to be filled with the Spirit. You never learned what it meant to grow in grace on a daily basis. You operated under your emotion, and you lived behind the smoke and mirrors, even in the Christian world. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days so that we may gain wisdom. And what exactly is wisdom? Well, that's information, Bible doctrine, the Word of God that you've learned, cycle through your soul, and now it's ready to be used whenever the circumstances calls for it. So you have a situation come into your life, and you can do one or two things. You can go into your inventory of biblical ideas and pull out the solution, or you can call somebody on the phone and say, what do you think I ought to do? That's the worst thing you could do. Or you could call the preacher and say, what what should I do, preacher? You can't live your life based on what your preacher does. How can you glorify God if you can't make a decision on your own? Proverbs 3.13 says, Happiness belongs to the one who finds wisdom and to the one who gains understanding, because that's what wisdom gives you, the understanding of what is the right thing to do. So God can capitalize you with time. He does that for you. You know why? So you can purchase wisdom. Proverbs 10.21, The lips of the righteous feed many, but a fool will die for lack of wisdom. And so your body may be racked and sacked by time, but your soul is indeed timeless. Can, Can you get more time? Can you purchase more time? Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, See then that you walk circumspectly. Keep an eye out. Don't walk like a fool, but as a wise man, redeeming your time because their days are evil. Redeeming the time. Hmm. See is the Greek word blepo. It's a lifestyle. It's a metaphor. And it's a command from God. Don't walk carelessly. Walk is how you regulate your life. Here it says, make sure you walk circumspectly, keeping an eye out for the enemy, very aware. Don't walk like a fool. The word asophos, normally we would use the word moros for the fool, but this word refers to the actions of the foolish one, but as a wise one. Listen, nobody wants to listen to a fool except another fool. You want to have the wisdom? That's what people want. They're looking for light in their dark world. And the light they're looking for is the wisdom that you have that comes from the Word of God. That is what people need. And that's how you turn the light on. Anytime, anywhere, any day, darkness is there and people need light. And you are the light as a Christian. We'll have a lot to say about this in coming weeks, but remember... Anytime, anywhere, any day, you can turn the light on for someone who's walking in the darkness. Does it make sense? There's a lot more to say about this toe, time on earth. Hang with me. We're going to cover it. And until next week, this is your host, Rick Hughes, saying thank you for being with me here on The Flatline. Thank you for listening to The Floodline with your host, Rick Hughes. If you'd like to contact Rick, please write to him at P.O. Box 100, 
Cropwell, Alabama, 35054. Or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.